Hello, loyal blog readers. Welcome to our Friday installment of the weekly Class Action Wire. My name is Jerry Matman of Dwayne Morris, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Jeffrey Zahn, uh, for this week's episode. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks, Jerry. It's, it's great to be here. Um, and I'm especially honored to be here because in today's episode, we get to mix it up where I get to interview you and ask you some questions. Uh, about what's going on with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, also known as the EEOC. Thanks. Sounds good. Fire away with those questions. All right. So we'll we'll start out with a easier one for you. Can you first explain about how the EEOC is structured in terms of its governance? Who's in charge? And how can one become part of the EEOC leadership? EEOC is a creature of statute. It is, in theory, to be a bipartisan uh, commission with uh, leadership consisting of a chair, a vice chair, and three commissioners. And those five set policies for the EEOC, um, approve uh, policy statements and enforcement guidance. Uh, a general counsel is also appointed by the president and reports to those commissioners. And typically the party in power that holds the White House We'll have a three to two uh, advantage in terms of the composition of the five, the, the chair, the vice chair, and the three commissioners. Now, of, of those five commissioners, uh, are they all currently in place? Well, uh, the EEOC has been dealing, like many government agencies, with uh, recovering from the pandemic and from the uh, election. And so it has been operating for quite a while with only four uh, commissioners, uh, two Republicans, two Democrats, uh, although the EEOC and public pronouncements would not say things are deadlocked, uh, people looking at the EEOC from the outside would suggest that there is an ideological deadlock with two Republican uh, policymakers not agreeing with two Democratic policymakers. But in the last two weeks, the Senate approved uh, President Biden's nomination of the fifth commissioner, uh, Kalpana Kadigal. Uh, she has yet to be sworn in, but will be sworn in any day now, and that will then allow the EEOC to have a full complement of policymakers and the five commissioners, and uh, will tip the balance in favor of kind of democratic views of the policies and uh, enforcement guidance memorandum of the EEOC. That, that sounds like a major development and, and something that could possibly bring some pretty significant changes to the EEOC. Uh, for employers, it's definitely uh, in the practical world in which we live going to have a cause and effect that's very different than what we've seen for the last two years, I think, on several levels. The first level will be um, the issuance of policy guidance where the EEOC opines on how it interprets various statutes. And with a three to two majority with the Democrats, in my experience, what I've seen are very expansive interpretations of obligations that employers have under anti-discrimination laws and a broadening of the way the EEOC views rights of workers. Its views are not binding on federal courts, but its views are important and its views activate the manner in which its uh, investigators, district offices, and regional trial attorneys view the world and enforce the statute. And so there's going to be a definite change 
uh, and the EEOC will act in a more activist manner uh, to fulfill its policy mandates, but it will do so uh, with a tilt towards democratic labor policies. The second area where there will be a change, uh, most commentators believe, and I'm of the same opinion that uh, lawsuits that have, or investigations that have been in the queue for approval as lawsuits will be approved and will begin to be filed. And so uh, the last couple of years, EEOC authorized lawsuits where uh, the commission sues in the public interest on behalf of the United States against employers, on behalf of groups of employees have been anywhere between about 85 and 105 lawsuits. And so uh, its fiscal year starts on uh, October 1 and goes to September 30. So we're halfway through or a little past uh, halfway through in the fiscal year, but I think what we're gonna see is an accelerated filing of lawsuits, especially what are known as systemic lawsuits that are bigger brought on behalf of uh, various groups of employees, hundreds, sometimes thousands of employees. And so one way to look at the impact of the third Democratic commissioner is it will unleash uh, the potential that the EEOC has in terms of litigation enforcement. And I expect it to flex its muscle and bring more, more of those cases. So narrowing in a little bit more on Ms. Kodigal, the, the fifth appointment, the third Democrat, uh, Jerry, you've been one of the most distinguished lawyers in this field for a while. Uh, can you give us any background information on her? Well, she is a very talented lawyer uh, who also thinks expansively about this area and has handled big uh, plaintiff side employment discrimination class action. She uh, comes from the Cohen Milstein firm, probably one of the best, if not the top plaintiff side civil rights and employment discrimination law firm. Uh, she's one of the key partners there. I've handled a myriad of cases against her. She's an excellent lawyer um, and um, uh, has in the past few years been involved in movements, both the Me Too movement and uh, a movement that uh, started in Hollywood where Hollywood uh, contracts for production of movies were uh, created with uh, called a clause that would allow for hiring and use of a more diverse uh, set of cast members and production personnel. And so she's very interested in opening the doors of employment. She's interested in bringing test cases to challenge policies. Um, and she's a champion of uh, protected minority groups. So I expect her uh, to utilize her expertise and bring it to the EEOC and to uh, push the envelope, so to speak, in terms of what the EEOC does in enforcing employment discrimination laws. It certainly sounds like her influence is going to be is going to be rapid and significant. I think so. I think the main thing on the EEOC's agenda in terms of regulatory guidance will be the new uh, Pregnancy Fairness act uh, where the EEOC will issue regulations and fill in the gaps, so to speak, of that law, which is an amendment to the Pregnancy Discrimination Act that President Biden signed this year, and look for that to be kind of a signal of where the EEOC is going. And I expect it will be a very expansive document that will uh, push the envelope even on that law uh, to create more rights uh, for workers who are pregnant and more obligations 
uh, for employers. So that would be the first signal I would be looking for if I were an employer. And, and beyond that, are there any other EEOC developments that you think are worth talking about right now? I think the most uh, relevant for most employers is the issue of systemic litigation, that the EEOC has talked about it, but the number of systemic lawsuits that have been filed have been limited. And because uh, the new commissioner's background is on what I would call impact litigation, bringing cases to promote change, I think you're going to be seeing test cases. I think you're going to be seeing cases brought on large against large employers, industry leaders to try and uh, make a point and try and enforce the statute in a way that sends a signal to smaller players in the industry. And so I think the EOC is going to get back into the business of bringing uh, large lawsuits against large employers that are very newsworthy. I think that should be the flashing red lights for the big companies to, to keep an eye on because that's going to be impacting them uh, directly. So absolutely. Definitely. Definitely now is a great time yeah. for all the employers out there to make sure that they are compliant with all these requirements and the things that we think the EOC is going to be uh, going after. Absolutely. I think uh, change is inevitable and the watchword is compliance, compliance, compliance is what employers need to be focused on at this point in terms of an activist EEOC. That, that is definitely great advice. Uh, and and I really appreciate all of the insights you've had today, Jerry. So thanks all our loyal uh, blog readers for joining us for this week's Friday podcast. Signing off, this is Jeff and Jerry. Have a great day. Bye, everyone.